have your full page outline, let's get into our study today. I'm excited about today. Today we wrap off, we land the plane of seven weeks in our blessed series. And I have to tell you, this is not a series that I think is just a, a, a one-off. And what I mean by that, it's not a series that we're going to let go of. I think this is going to be a series, one of those kinds of series for us at Pathway that, that we're going to bring back occasionally. I don't know if it's going to be an annual thing, but at least every other year, we're going to bring back and revisit some of these ideas with some fresh new material. I've already got, uh, it's interesting how God works. He gives me ideas as I'm putting together ideas. And so I've got a whole list of ideas that I'd like to bring into this for us to unpack uh, a little bit more together. So Maybe next year, we'll see. But uh, today we've been, we've been in this series for seven weeks. We've been talking about how God wants to bless us, how it has always been his intent uh, from the very beginning. You know, when God created everything, he created man, he put him in the garden, the male and female, the scripture says in Genesis 1, and then it says, then he blessed them. Uh, it's been his intent to bless us. God wants us to experience a life full of of blessing. Say that with me. God wants us to experience a life full of blessing. Turn to the person next to you and just tell them, God wants you. Come on, tell them. God wants you. Come on, tell them real loud. God wants you to experience a life full of blessing. Yeah, yeah. Look at what Jesus said in John 10, 10. I love this verse, one of my life verses. I came, Jesus says, I came to give life, life in all its what? Fullness. Fullness, life in all its fullness. So we see that Jesus says, my purpose, the reason I came, the reason I want to be involved in your life is to bring fullness to your life. I believe that equates with blessing, that God wants to bring his hand of blessing, his hand of favor, his hand of grace into our lives. And I think we see it so demonstrated in a real-life account described in Luke chapter 5. So that's where we're going to spend just a few minutes together. Take a look. Luke chapter 5, verse 1. If you've got a Bible or a mobile app, or it's going to be on the screen, it's on your outline. You can't miss it. It's, it's everywhere, right? Um, so make sure that you read along with me. It says this. One day, come on, say it with me. One day. So it wasn't just any day. It was one day. One day, as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him, to listen. So we need to understand that as Jesus' ministry was growing, he was gathering a crowd, that crowds went with him, gathered everywhere Jesus went. And this time the crowd was getting so crowded that people were having a hard time hearing. Have you ever been in an environment like that where there's just such a big crowd and you can't hear what the person is saying that you really want to hear, but you can't get any closer because it's such a big crowd? And Jesus understood that. He really wanted to get the message out that he was teaching. And so it says in verse 2, Jesus did something. Jesus noticed two empty boats. How many boats? Two. Two empty boats at the water's edge for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Why do you think they were washing their nets? It's because they were done. Their workday was over. These fishermen were done for the day. The best fishing on the Sea of Galilee happened at night or early morning when the fish came closer to the surface. I remember uh, going fishing with my dad and my grandfather. We used to go, uh, lived in Northern California. We used to go in the sloughs up there. And um, we actually would go around, if anybody knows Northern California, the mothball fleet that's up Benicia, Martinez, in that area. It's these, these Navy vessels that have been decommissioned or whatever. They're, they're just there. And, and catfish and big fish gather around these vessels. And so we were going into these areas. My grandfather loved to, to fish for catfish. Catfish. And, um, and so they, he asked me one time, do you want to go with me and your dad to go fishing? I'm like, yeah. 
And then I found out you got to get up at 2 in the morning to go. And I wasn't too excited at that point. But we went, and I remember sleeping in his boat as they were fishing. I didn't get a whole lot of fishing. That's like a whole other story of Jesus, right, the people sleeping. But anyway, um, it, it, it's an early morning experience to get the best fish. These fishermen had fished all night and were now cleaning up all of their equipment after work. They were done. But Jesus was just getting started. Look what it says, verse 3. Stepping into what? One of the boats. How many boats were there? Two. Stepping into one of the boats. Now, I want you to get this. Jesus stepped into his, this boat without even asking. Because remember, the fishermen, they had left the boats. They were washing their nets. So, so they were outside the boat. So the boat was probably pulled up to shore. And Jesus just looks around and he realizes the crowd can't hear him. And so he sees two boats and he just goes over and steps into this boat. And the boat owner wasn't even a follower of Jesus yet. He just kind of commandeered this boat. He just kind of took it over. And if you think this is normal, then uh, you know, to take somebody's boat like this, and I dare you this week when you're at Vaughn's to pick out the nicest car in the parking lot and go get in it. And then when the owner comes up and says, what in the world are you doing in my car? You can say, I need to use your car for a while. Please give me the keys. Let's see how that goes. I promise to bail you out when the cops call and, you know, all that, okay? Um, just give them my number. I'll come and get you, all right? So anyway, stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner. Again, there's some details here that we just read right past if we're not careful. Whose boat? Simon. This ended up being Peter, Simon Peter, Peter. We'll see. He's a pretty important guy, right? And what Jesus was doing, he ended up being pretty, pretty important. The main focus, just, just so you know, circle Simon. Circle that word Simon on your outline. The main focus of this whole thing right here in Luke 5, the main focus of this account is Simon. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner. It's the boat he uses Simon is the one that Jesus speaks to. Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push out into the water. You know the word that grabs me the most? Is asked. Circle that word or underline it or something. Ask. Jesus asked. He asked Simon. Now wait. Jesus didn't have to ask Simon to use his boat. In fact... Jesus didn't really even need a boat on the Sea of Galilee. Remember that? I mean, he could just walk on the water. If he wanted to teach from the water's edge, he could have just walked out. That would have really helped for illustration, wouldn't it? To prove that he was the son of God. Instead of using a boat, just walk out onto the water and say, hey, I'm over here. Let me talk to you. I'm pretty sure that would have made an impact on his audience. He asked to use the boat. Why? Because he wanted to involve Simon. He wanted to involve Simon in what he was doing. So he asked Simon to be involved. Don't miss that. This is huge for us. Throughout this series, I believe Jesus has been asking some of us to get involved in what he's doing. I'm convinced of that. I believe that, that even today, Jesus is asking if you want to be involved 
in what he is doing. So how are you going to respond? Are you going to let Jesus use your boat? Use your life? Use your job? Use your money? Use your relationships? Hmm. Simon did. He responded by pushing the boat out. Look what it says. So Jesus sat in the boat and taught the crowd from there. It's interesting. That's just one line about that. That wasn't really the focus, was it? The focus was who? Simon. All Simon had to do was let Jesus use his boat and give the boat a push. All Simon had to do was let Jesus into his boat and be involved in the process. Now, he probably thought he was loaning the boat to Jesus for a couple hours, maybe an hour or so. I don't know. You know, just, okay, I'm done with today. I've been working all night, and, and I'm ready to go home and have some breakfast. But, you know, if, you know you're, you're a teacher, and I know, you know, I've heard some about you. And so I, sure, let, let's go. So he pushes out, and Jesus teaches the crowd from the boat. But now Jesus asks for something more. This is part of the story that probably you know if you've been around church at all. Verse 4, when he had finished speaking, Jesus said to who? Simon. Now go out where it is deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. <laughs> this doesn't make any sense. I mean, Simon knows this. He's the fisherman. This guy's just the teacher. He's the fisherman. He's the professional. And he, he knows this doesn't make any sense. So Simon pushes back a little bit, and he goes, Master, which if you don't know in, in, in their terminology in Aramaic, it, it, it kind of refers to teacher, rabbi. Okay, So he's, he's not really giving a, an authority um, connotation. He's just saying, hey, teacher, rabbi, you know, leader, okay, yeah. Um, you know, we, we, we worked all night hard, all night and we didn't catch a thing. Basically, he's saying, no offense, but you really don't know what you're asking for. I mean, I'm, I've been doing this for a long time. I'm a seasoned fisherman. I've, I've worked the entire night, but we have come up empty-handed, and um, you just don't know my profession. You don't know my life. You don't know this area like I do. They were ready to quit. They had done all they can do. Things did not go as planned. <clears throat> In order for a fisherman to be a professional, they have to catch what? Fish. Yeah, that's a no-brainer, right? In order for a fisherman to be a professional, they have to catch fish. And if a fisherman goes out and doesn't catch fish, then his profession is having a hard time and he's not making any money. And that was their issue and they were pretty bummed. Things didn't go as planned. Is that what's going on in your life? Is that what you're facing now? You've done all you can do in a certain area and things are not looking good? You haven't caught a thing? You've, you're ending up empty-handed? Friends, <laughs> You can't see it yet, but Jesus knows what he's about to do. In fact, Jesus knows what he's about to do. You know why? Because he's the one who stocked the lake with the fish. He's the one who created the fish. 
and he knows what he's going to do. You don't see it yet, so Jesus asks in faith for you to have faith in what he's doing. Jesus asks you to let him use your boat. Jesus asks you to let him into that area of your life where things aren't working, where things stink right now, and it's not easy to trust and obey when you're tired, when you've given everything you can and nothing works. It's not easy to trust and obey when, when it doesn't make any sense. It's not easy to do what Jesus says when you failed the first time and it hasn't worked out. When things aren't going well, that's why it's called faith. Faith isn't easy. And so Simon, he doesn't understand what Jesus is doing at all. But he has faith. Look at what he says. But if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. Do you see it? Master, we've worked hard all night. We've come up empty-handed. We haven't caught a thing. But if you say so, I'll put the nets back in. Wow. Not because this makes sense. Not because I understand but only because you're saying so. Only because this is what you're asking me to do. You're asking me to trust in what you're saying. You're asking me to do things your way when I really don't get this. My question to you is, do you have faith to do what Jesus is telling you to do in face of your biggest letdown, your biggest frustration? The biggest problem that Simon and his crew had right now was no fish. And they tried all night long to accomplish something that they could not accomplish. But one ask from Jesus. Verse 6, this time their nets were so full of fish they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat. How many boats? Two boats. The other boat was coming. And soon both boats, how many boats? Two boats were filled with fish on the verge of sinking. Just get that in your head. Jesus brought an overflow of blessing into not only Peter's boat, Simon's boat, which was a miracle in and of itself, but this is a miracle catch of fish in an area that seems so um, unproductive and unsuccessful. This overflow of blessing of fish, it, it flowed into the other boat nearby. Both boats were filled by the blessing of God. And if you let Jesus into your boat, you will be blessed so much so that the blessing will overflow into the lives of those around you. And all you got to do is say yes. Can I use your boat? Yes, Lord. Let's push it out deeper. Yes, Lord. I don't get what you're doing. I don't understand. I'm not, I'm not following you here. But I'm saying yes. Saying yes to Jesus resulted in a miracle that transformed not only one fisherman's life, but it affected the lives of the entire crew. <laughs> Look at verse 8. When Simon Peter realized what had happened, 
he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, oh Lord, please leave me. I'm such a sinful man. For Simon was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught, as were the others with him. Simon looks into the face of grace and he feels utterly unworthy to be there. What a, what a realization. I mean, a lot of the times people say that, that Simon's coming to faith, coming to Jesus moment happened in Matthew 16, 18, where, where he, Jesus asks Peter, he says, who do you th- say that I am? And, and he says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And you know that, I, I think it began here when he looked at Jesus and he realized you are God and I can't even be in the same room as you. This is the heart of experiencing blessing. Realizing that God is the source and you don't deserve it. And I think this because of Peter's response. Jesus um, replied to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. And I'm not going to go into all of what Jesus was talking about there other than the fact that Jesus was letting Simon Peter take a look at what he had for his life. He was letting him look behind the curtain and say, look, Peter, what I have for you is so much greater than simply catching fish in a little boat. That you have no idea what I have planned for you, the purpose I have for your life. Jesus has a life of meaning and purpose and fulfillment for all of us. And as we continue to do what he says, as we start doing what he says, Jesus will open it up so that we can experience it. Could it be that you're not obeying what Jesus is saying and that's why you're living an empty life? As soon as they landed, verse 11, then they left everything and followed Jesus. Wait, what did they leave? What did it say they left? Everything. The huge catch of fish that, that set them up for life. Their, their jobs, their boats, they left it all. How, how could a person, I, I read that and I go, how, how could a person choose to follow you like that and leave everything behind? Kind of like Abraham way back when in Genesis. How could a person leave everything behind and follow you? It's because they recognized who Jesus was. They recognized who Jesus was. Peter said, I'm following you. Not because of what he did, but because of who he was. So what happens in Simon Peter's life? We know. Simon Peter is used to reach thousands of people on the day of Pentecost in the book of Acts. He is used to bless many lives and perform incredible miracles like the you know, the guy begging at the gate, gate beautiful, and the, the book of Acts talks about. It, just incredible miracle. He becomes a leader of the first century church that Jesus plants, that Jesus starts. All because of one day, one day, Simon let Jesus use his boat. So when you follow Jesus, you'll experience more than you've expected. 
Remember the scripture I used last week, 1 Corinthians 2.9, I love this. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. We, we really don't know all that he has. See, Simon thought he was loaning his boat out for a short time. Simon had no idea that he was actually giving up three years of his life to follow this crazy, radical, miracle-working rabbi all over Galilee. And you, you don't know what's going to happen when you say yes to Jesus. You don't know what Jesus will do when you let him into your boat. You don't know what will happen when you do what Jesus says. Jesus simply asked to use Simon's boat. And what if Simon would have said, you know, I'm busy cleaning my nets right now. I can't help you because, you know, I just got done fishing. I'm done for the night. Hey, hey, why don't you, why don't you go ask the other guy? He's got a boat over there. It's not just my boat that's on the shore. There's another boat over there. Go, go ask them. I've been fishing today. It would just be a waste of time for me to go out again. What if Simon would have said anything other than yes? He would have missed out on the greatest experience of his life. But because of Simon's obedience, Jesus arranged a miracle that would change his life forever. And Simon would choose to leave everything and follow Friends, obeying God, even in a small, insignificant way, obeying God is essential. If you want to experience God's blessing, that's what we've been talking about for the last seven weeks, is if you want to experience God's blessing in your life, obeying God, even in the small, insignificant areas, is crucial. It's essential. So what has Jesus been asking you to do? I mean, these are the questions we need to ask ourselves as we wrap off this series. What is it that Jesus is asking you to do? What is it that you haven't made the effort to do yet? What has been Jesus been asking you to do and you've just dismissed it? You've ignored it. You've walked right past it. It may seem small to you, and it may seem like, well, it's not really a big deal, part of his plan. I just, I know there's more than what he wants to do, and that's just a little thing, and it's not a big deal. And, all. and Jesus is saying, oh, whoa, whoa, wait, wait, wait. You got to get me in the boat first. Before I can do what you want me to do in your life, you got to get me in the boat first. See, I think you are on the edge of a blessing. Now, I'm not just saying that glibly. I really believe that. I believe that many of us in this room, we're on the edge of a blessing, and we have a choice. And I would encourage you, let Jesus in your boat. Say yes. Do what Jesus says. And see what he does. <laughs> it will only happen after you do what he says. It's dependent on your willingness See, I want you to get this down. God's blessing follows my obedience. It's a pretty simple principle, but it's true. God's blessing follows my obedience. 